VN. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was report day, but not the typical report that we're used to on the agricultural side. We're talking the feds. Um, and of course, they had a talk the Federal Reserve did. We're going to get all the details and what that is really in the end going to mean for what happens in agriculture. We know that stocks did a bit of rallying this morning. To get all the details, we're inviting on Arlen Suderman. Arlen, of course, with Stonex. And so let's talk about that Federal Reserve because I think everybody anticipates um, when that monthly discussion comes from them and what's going to happen with our interest rates. Yeah, there's that's monetary policy. There's monetary policy and there's fiscal policy. Fiscal policy is, is basically the decisions that Congress makes about spending and uh, regulations and laws, etc. Monetary policy is really controlling the amount of money in the system. Now, the Federal Reserve's two primary mandates are to maintain... Uh, balanced employment, which is generally thought to be somewhere in a four and a half, five percent unemployment level, and we're currently at 3.7 percent. So we're much tighter than that. And that's why we have wage inflation right now. And the other mandate is to maintain overall inflation at around two percent. It used to be that they said that was a strict guideline, but when they failed to be able to stay to that, they redefined their goal as an absolute time of 2%. I don't think they anticipated inflation getting out of hand like it did when they made that decision. And I don't think they anticipated it lingering as long as it did when they made that decision because it basically gave them the freedom to wait too long to act. And now they're paying the price for it. So the bottom line coming into this week's Federal Reserve meeting is like many of the others this week, the market was anticipating, oh, they're going to start pivoting to a dovish stance. And each time the Fed says, no, not yet. Now, the Federal Reserve did scale back the pace at which they're raising interest rates because they basically started the year at zero. And with today's 50 basis point rate hike, they're now at four and a quarter percent. So they've come up a long ways in one year's time. Now, Paul Volcker exceeded that pace uh, back 40 years ago, but nobody really wanted to see something like what Paul Volcker did, at least in the marketplace. Um, So there's some concerns. The market had also been expecting that we would probably peak out early next year around four and three quarter percent, and uh, then rates would start to fall by the end of the year. Well, the Fed kind of changed those expectations as I expected with their statement and said, no, we're going to go to at least 5.1%. So that's higher than what the market expected. And we're going to linger longer. And I kind of expected that as well. I put in my commentary, that's what I expected. Because if you look at the CPI data, consumer price index data, which is that came out uh, this week, that's inflation at the consumer level. It showed that while we're seeing an easing of the inflation rate, most of that is coming from lower energy prices. Now, energy prices, you can argue that they're artificially deflated right now because of some geopolitical things that are happening. And if China opens back up in 2023, they're basically open now 
that over the next couple of months are going to be hit hard by COVID because they opened up. And so that's something else we can talk about if we have time. But we know that once they get herd immunity and the virus moves through the population, we expect rapid economic growth, and that's going to dramatically increase demand for energy once again. And all these energy producers who have been cutting back, it's very difficult for them to restart the engine, so to speak. And so we could see demand far exceed supply and that energy uh, component of inflation could come roaring back. <coughs> Excuse me. But the more significant factor right now is that shelter costs keep going up. That's a part of the consumer price index, but more significantly, wage inflation. Now, Inflation is still very much ingrained in the service sector of our economy. The service sector is very labor intensive and it, inflation in the service sector is still going up and it now makes up over half of overall headline inflation, which is 7.1%. So in order to get overall inflation back down to 2%, they got to bring wage inflation down. And to do that, you have to bring the number of job openings more in balance with the number of people looking for work. And fiscal policy is going against that right now. So the only thing the Fed can do to meet its mandates is put the brakes on the economy so that employers start laying off workers and bringing that balance back between and probably taking the unemployment rate up toward five or six percent. And uh, so that's basically what the Fed emphasized in their statement today as well, in that they're going to see higher peak rates lasting for a longer period of time, slowing down the economy and raising the unemployment rate. The Fed's saying maybe raising it to 4.6 percent next year. I think they're going to have to end up going higher than that, but we'll have to see. But overall, it shocked the market. The equities went down. The VIX, the fear index went up. The dollar rallied in interest rates. Treasury yields also showed an increase as a result of the report coming out today. Lots of information. We come back. I want to get your perspective as to what it means for agriculture moving forward. And we'll take a look at the rest of, of the commodities as well today. We'll also come back and, and take a look. Um, Arlen sends out a midday uh email perspective and i wanted to get his thoughts as well on the ethanol corn uses versus what we're seeing in a seasonal pace more is coming up on this wednesday it is the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network i'm joe gangwish with fontanelle hybrids let's get another fontanelle feature this time with lynn junk lynn and his wife michelle run junk seeds near carroll nebraska lynn you say being a dealer for fontanelle has been enjoyable how so my uh, favorite part about it is getting to uh, help my customers, which most of them are family, friends, and neighbors, to make good decisions out in their field and to help them spring more dollars home. Let's talk about performance. How has Fontenelle performed on your own farm? The Fontenelle products on my farm have performed very well. The main thing I've been able to see is a consistency between the different hybrids and allowing me to have more flexibility on placement. It's nice to have numbers that are able to go in and out of difficult acres, but that perform well on your better soils on the farm. It's just been very good and quite frankly, it's increased my profit. That's Fontenelle dealer Lynn Junk. For more information, you can always contact Junk C 
seeds in the Carroll, Nebraska area or any local Fontenelle hybrids. RVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman with StoneX. So the first half, we kind of talked a little bit about what all these numbers meant and, and what you saw um, moving forward. But from an agricultural perspective, where do we sit with the Fed's talks today? Well, from an agriculture standpoint, it comes down to money management um, and the fund money that drives the markets. And what we have found is a very strong statistical correlation between fund of what the market believes inflation is going to do and the amount of money they put into the commodities or the filter at which they through which they look at supply and demand fundamentals. So if they see a more inflationary period uh, and they focus on that, then money comes into the commodities. If they see recession coming and they focus on that, money goes out of it. And so even though I just gave an argument for inflation staying higher for longer um, than the market anticipated, they keep focusing on recession fears. And right now they're obsessed with the fact that they believe that the Fed's medicine for curing inflation is going to send us deep into recession that will hurt demand for commodities. And so far that really hasn't proven true, but that's what they continue to believe and what they continue to push. Now it has started slowing down demand, particularly for energy, um, but the food-based commodities less so, but nevertheless, that's what they view it. So I would say this continues to cast a cloud over. In fact, when the report came out, I checked and we immediately saw corn and soybeans uh, tick lower uh, for a bit when that report came out. Kansas City wheat did as well. Chicago wheat really didn't. Um, But that just shows some of the money flow changes. And so we're going to be under this cloud a bit longer, I think, of the market interpreting supply and demand fundamentals through recession fears. Moving forward, uh, where do we go from here in this market? I mean, you talk recession fears, and we know that consumer confidence, especially on the protein side, can have some big effects for our producers. Yeah, it really will. Um, supply and demand still matters, but the market manages that supply and demand based on money flow perceptions of all these other outside market dynamics. We're going to be keeping a close eye on what happens with the South American harvest. We still have significant drought in Argentina that's expected over the next 10 days to expand and into parts as far southern Brazil as well. Meanwhile, over the next couple of weeks, we'll see the first soybeans cut in Meta Grosso in the center west area of Brazil and start making their way to the ports. So we're getting to that point. We're starting to get more data out of South America. China is going to be a big focus, though, going forward. That's the big unknown that the market, I think, is going to be focusing on next now that we're past this Fed meeting. Uh, when we look at China, it's amazing what we saw happen there. A 180-degree turn in lifting all restrictions that were there to contain COVID. And I think it's part of it's because they were losing control of COVID anyway, plus the social unrest that was developing there. But they did just start scaling back. They just totally opened up. Not only did they open it up traveling wherever you want within China, they're almost encouraging it, trying to get their economy going. Well, we're seeing a rapid, a very rapid increase in COVID across the country. That is already starting to stress the healthcare facilities in Beijing, which is kind of the hot spot right now. 
and increasing healthcare demand in several other cities. But the real concern is the 500 million rural elderly, uh, which are higher risk. It's generally thought that they're gonna get through this with somewhere around 1.3 to 2.1 million deaths. Um, and that's about one-tenth of 1%, one so that's not a high death rate. I don't wanna minimize the value of death of life, but it's going to create havoc over the next month or two with em missed employment, people quarantining at home because they're sick, et cetera. Until that herd mentality is built, here over the next couple of months. After that happens, we expect rapid economic growth in China. That should be good for the economy. That should be good for commodity demand, crude oil in particular, but also for uh, for all the food-based commodities as well. So between here and there, there's a lot of unknowns about how bad it's gonna get in China. What's positive about it moving fast is however bad it may be, it's gonna happen fast over the next couple months. But the markets are gonna be keeping a close eye on that. That's gonna have implications for commodity prices in the near term, and then again in the long term in many different directions. Bearish first, but more bullish longer term as China starts to open up, and that also helps give a jolt to the global economy as well. All right, when we talk next week, we'll talk ethanol corn usage. Um, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? At stonex.com or follow me on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. Lots of great information and a great breakdown, too, to today's talks. Uh, just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.